What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Laura, what do you got? All right. So the pandemic made businesses, especially restaurants, think outside of the box. Have you guys heard of ghost restaurants? I think. I- oh, I have actually. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I saw this story in a newspaper today um, where basically a restaurant that's already established is using like multiple different names mm-hmm. so that they can pop up more on these apps like DoorDash and Postmates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So that is one way that these ghost kitchens are coming about. So it's like an elite restaurant, like you said, just kind of wants to pop everywhere so they can generate more buzz. But there's also restaurants that don't exist. You've never known where they're coming from. So I read a story about how comfortable are you, you know, ordering from these sites because you don't know where the food is coming from because it's not an actual restaurant. It could literally be just someone in the kitchen making food. And I was like, oh, oh I don't know about that. Oh, my God. Could you imagine you like, uh, you know, you ordered all this food from this place that you found on an app and you're like, oh, this looks good. And then they get there and it's like in somebody's Tupperware from their kitchen, you know. I mean, like, yeah, I just, I just whipped this up in my kitchen and brought it over to you because you ordered it on the app. Well, you can't. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things is that you can't take it to them, right, because they, they're going to get an Uber Eats or Postmates. But a, a, the story that I read specifically was talking about how they're finding, and it wasn't here in California, but just these are all over the U.S., that they're finding these random kitchens that are not up to code, you know, just – selling food that's scary just oh by the way that's scary because so many people have lived on these apps especially as you mentioned during the pandemic Mm -hmm. you know so many people like who never use doordash or uber eats all of a sudden using it every night and yeah i mean i often i wonder i'm like what's going on because sometimes it gets there i'm like wow this is really impressive like got here and it's hot and everything's great and well packaged but man well i mean I love I love the idea because, you know, like what Sedano was talking about, it's these restaurants just want to pop more into these apps, right? Or a lot of places had to close down. They, they couldn't have, obviously, we couldn't have people go in and dine in, so they had to find a way to keep their business afloat. But there's, like, the downside of it, too, where you have to kind of be careful and be like, okay, is this a legitimate restaurant or am I ordering from XYZ? Yeah, just somebody's house, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Oy. <laughs> oh, my God. Not trying to be a downer, but no. You know. but could you imagine? Well, I, I usually, could when I use those apps, I'm usually ordering from a place I've, I've, I, I know. Like, yeah, I've like seen a name it. brand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's like those hot and new, right? Like, when you order, it's like, hot and new, try this place. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. LZ, do you have anything to say out here? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, All right, Kaplan, you were going to add in on the Julio Jones thing. Go ahead. Here's what I'm saying, okay? Uh, Apparently, my sarcasm didn't shine through uh, when I joked and said, you know, if nobody's watching on cable television, does it really happen, okay? I was just goofing around because obviously everybody knows that it's not necessarily what happens on live TV. It's about what you do with that content thereafter. Shannon Sharp, by the way, happens to be a great follow on Instagram because he does a lot of other content outside of that show that I think a lot of people would find very interesting. Uh, He does interviews with like rappers and producers and entrepreneurs and so on. So it's not necessarily what is said on TV. It's what you do to repurpose the content thereafter. So to put it onto Twitter, put it onto Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. 
I think that oftentimes things can happen very organically where you're in a conversation. You go, hold on. Let me call Julio right now and get his opinion. But in a case like this, I don't think that really would happen that organically. I would think that Shannon Sharp probably spoke to Julio Jones and said, hey, man, will you come on the show? Uh, man, I don't know. Come on, man. Come on the show. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll make it easy for you. I'll call you on the phone. You don't have to do Zoom. You don't have to see your face. We don't have to set you up at a studio. I'll just call you on the phone, put you on speakerphone, and we'll just talk. And to me, I'm guessing that all of this was choreographed in advance. Maybe I'm being a little bit naive that this all just happened on the fly and it turned into this big news story. I would think that this was all pre-produced. And I don't mean that he knew exactly what he was going to say, just that I'm going to call you on the phone, on speaker, on TV, and we're going to talk it out. That's what I think happened. Can I I sell that? I, I, no, I think it's fair. Look, I, you know, we were we started this show talking about Elsie. What did you call it? Coordinated uh, spontaneity. Yes. I mean, it's not in, it's not implausible to believe that that was the case, and I almost hope that that was the case. Yeah, I hope he was in on it for a lot of reasons, as I mentioned earlier. But the biggest is really the trust factor between Shannon and Julio. I mean, you know, Shannon apparently calls him his nephew. You know, Shannon's his unk. It would be awful if he didn't tell him he was on national television and was going to go viral for his comments if he thought it was a private conversation. Now, if he's in on it, it's all fine and dandy. You know, gets the word out. There's no clouding. Get it. It's great. But if he didn't know, it's kind of effed up, to be quite honest with you. Yep, totally agreed. Now, here's the thing. What's interesting about it is how players in the NFL – I think, are following players from the NBA and now being more brash than ever before uh, about what it is they want to do. And I look at Aaron Rodgers, case in point. I think Julio Jones is another example where NFL players are kind of following suit of NBA players like, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to play. This is when I want to leave. Or I don't like playing for this coach. I think NFL players, I believe, have become more empowered, I'm putting that in quotes, because of their NBA brethren. I don't know if you guys will buy that. Well, I think they're jealous of their NBA brethren in a lot of ways. How so? But I again, I think that because they the look NBA, at them and, because and they NBA be players. Like well, I'll just tell you right now. I mean, you asked the question, right? They, they're, they want to be empowered like their NBA brethren, but they don't because the sport hasn't allowed for that, right? For whatever reason, okay. Whether it's the contracts, whether it's just the way. Um, the Players Association is far weaker, right, in the NFL than any of the major professional sports. All those things probably become a big f- issue. Uh, but if you're a star player, that's the only way you have a chance of creating some sort of um, leverage in the NFL. And and those guys have not been able to make that happen. Russell Wilson created a big you know, to-do this offseason. He's still in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers is creating a big to-do in Green Bay. We'll see how that turns out, right? But we've seen this movie before, and it rarely plays out in favor of the of the player in the NFL, whereas in the NBA, more times than not, it works out for the player. I'll buy that. I think that NFL players look at NBA players, and they think, I want to have more control over my career like those guys, and I don't have it, so the best way for me to try and get what I want is to try and get myself out of here by saying the things that I want to say, which – a generation ago, most players would have been like, oh, man, I can't say that, especially not in public, man. I don't want to get you know, tossed off the team or cut or whatever. I, 
most guys just didn't have that. They didn't feel that way. And I think uh, Julio Jones, again, this gets back to the beginning of it, I think he's in on the joke. I'm with you, LZ. If he's not in on it and he didn't know, that is very effed up by someone that you know and trust to do that, especially because of the, the viral factor thereafter. LZ? Hello? I think we lost LZ. Okay. I think we lost him. All right. Uh, in the interim, um, I, I just think that, look, is Julio Jones worth even trading for at this point? Like, I'm, he's a really good player still, but is he the player he was three years ago? Probably not. And questions about health, obviously. But if you could get him at the right price, then you would certainly want to take your chances with a player like that. At least I think so. Yeah, I, I just think the problem is, you know, I, I'd have to see, like, how long is he under contract for, right? All those things. Like, if you're Julio Jones, um, are you still a difference maker is my question. Because there was a time not that long ago where we would say he was the best receiver in football. Right. And right. I don't know if he's that anymore. Well, I think that's a lot of times teams, and, and maybe this isn't a great comparison, but it's like what the Rams did with Deshaun Jackson. You know, he's been hurt a lot. His production has been down for the last probably three, four years of his career. And what the Rams are thinking is he's pretty inexpensive, so let's take a shot. Now, if Julio Jones were out there and available, then, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want to see what he looks like, check out his physical abilities. They're going to want to work him out, uh, check his medical records, et cetera, et cetera. And believe me, George, I mean, there are 31 teams out there that will all kick the tires on Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be 33 years old, though, right? Like, he's not young anymore for a wide receiver. True. Um, but he's also has always been, um, I mean, he has a reputation of being a good guy and a good teammate and a good locker room guy. Um, so it's not like he has this reputation of, a, you know, Terrell Owens, you know? No, uh, no, no, at all. He's actually, keep your head down, just balls out, all that. But LZ, you know, Julio Jones is going to be 33 years old, right? Like, what, what would even the market be for someone like him who, you know, two years ago we'd say he was still the best receiver in football, or arguably, right? Whereas these last two seasons, you know, there have been some questions about where he ranks as far as that position goes. I don't know. Honestly, I'm still in my head about that Eternals trailer and whether or not that's going to be a good movie. The one with Selma Hayek? It's got, like, Angelita Jolie and um, Kit Harington. Greg, we were talking about it. The Internals um, trailer. I'm not not in on it yet. It just, if you're going to try to have a whole new buddy, you know, show, like where it's the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy and now it's the Eternals, it just doesn't seem like it all works just yet. Is it because of Angelita Jolie? She doesn't fit. She is, Lori. You're right. She's hot, but she doesn't. She's, she's hot. Fit. She is really hot. Like she's hot. She's, she's hot. But do you believe she can save the universe? I mean, I, I wouldn't put my trust in it. Wasn't she Laura Croft, Tomb Raider? I mean, those movies were terrible, <laughs> but she was already cast in a role like that. Uh, I just always get offended when I see those little skinny arms beating she's up hot. the man. She's not the only hot person. Scarlett Johansson's hot. I'm just saying she's hot. That's that's. I'm just saying no. She's not a good fit. I think Scarlett Johansson is probably hotter. Ooh. That's your past, right? Oh no, I don't remember. She's no, hot no. Too. Natalie Portman. Oh yeah. yeah. That's oh, your uh, that's your hall pass. Yeah. 
Why'd you whisper it then? Say it with your chest. It's your hall pass. <laughs> Woman can't say nothing to me if I come home with her. <laughs> Where's who's her who's her hall pass? I don't know. I've never asked actually. She's never brought it up. Like I, you know, I make, oh, you know, you know me. George. Come on, man. George. I swear to God. What do you want me to lie to you? George. She's never said it. Like, why don't you so ask her? George. We don't. We don't. How do you know she's not with a hall pass right now? I mean, <laughs> and you well, don't even know I, who he is. I, yeah, I don't know because, well, I know she's in the kitchen right she's now. Home, go right? go I, ask her. I don't mean that as a pejorative. Did you, know you know tell her to make you a sandwich while she was in there? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, you know, it's just she's, no. She's making the kids food, so there's that. So. <laughs> I need to know who's her hall pass. Is there someone whose name she would mention that would unnerve you? No. In a hall pass situation? No. What if she says Scott Kaplan was my hall pass? I mean, well, you know, that would be awkward, but. Well, it would be, but. <laughs> what if, what if she wanted to cash in her hall pass before you cashed in yours? Are you still good with that? Under the I mean, guarantee, you have no guarantee you'll ever cash yours in. Right, because there's a chance that, you you know, not, there's a pretty d- decent chance. A woman always has a much better chance of cashing that in than a man, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Look at Laura. How's <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Good Lord, like girl. A, she's like, hall pass. Say, uh, Hell, I, I'm in summer school. What are you talking about? I'm just out. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the Robert Redford, Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore movie? Oh, a decent, indecent a proposal. Decent proposal. Right, yeah. yeah. Which, in retrospect, wasn't really that indecent. I mean, it's a million dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah. $10, right. Especially back then. Decent, yeah. Pre-inflation, yeah. you know? Right. Exactly. But yeah. Woody Harrelson couldn't handle it after the fact, you know? No. And it was, the, it was the one question. I don't know if you guys remember in the movie. is the one question Woody Harrelson said, asked. It was the wrong question. He said, was it good? And she was like, I, I mean, you know, it was, I mean, you, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was good, right? It was good. And he lost his mind after that. Like, you were supposed to just go there, lay there, get the million bucks, and come home to me and tell me it was terrible. But instead, you actually enjoyed it. How dare you? And that, that ended the relationship. So, yes, this hall pass thing, got to be careful with this, George. Oh, yeah, because that's exactly what's happening right now. You make it seem like Robert Redford is knocking at my door right now. The no, Robert I am. Would be really, at, really old right now. Actually. If you come home one day and there's a Porsche in the driveway, you go, hey, when did you buy a Porsche? You're like, oh, you know, I had the money saved. You should right. probably be a little concerned. Yeah, I should check the bank accounts Yeah, at that point. Uh, I so would ask anyway. for the keys. I definitely yeah. asked Steve for his hall pass. And I was very fortunate that I, when he told me the answer, I was like, all right, I'm good. Who? I'm good. I'm good. Rob Thomas is actually his. Rob Thomas, the guy Rob from um, like Matchbox, the lead whatever? singer from the lead uh, singer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was kind of like you know, you know, he could be around the house afterwards, maybe sing some songs. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your hall pass? Uh, we don't have enough time left. To show. <laughs> <laughs> a list. Jinx. All right, time for that. Coming up next. Uh, let's get into, let's get back to the Lakers and the Clippers and their weekend that was, which wasn't very good. Uh, let's get back into some of the issues going on around, going on around the NBA. And also at 640, Greg, what do we have? We have another contest to give away. Yep. We're giving away more passes to see Michael Thompson in a meet and greet. Oh, for the Lakers watch party. Yes. Yes. It's a Lakers watch party. It's not just a Michael Thompson meet and greet. It's part of the Lakers watch party is the Michael Thompson meet and greet. That's the more important part. Correct. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We'll get back into some hoops on the other side. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So down LZ Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. So the Lakers lose. AD takes all sorts of blame. He embraced the blame. He did. Um, and we've seen him do this before, and usually it works out. But this season has been so uneven, LZ, that I, I you know, I, I, I assume it's going to be good, but the unevenness of the season has me a little more worried than I've been oh, in the past. Oh, the panic meter is out. Last season was uneven as well. No, not during the regular season. <laughs> We're not in the regular season now. No, I know, but that that makes you feel more confident heading into the postseason when you know during the regular season they handled their business. They have not handled their business well in the regular season, and now the postseason has started off poorly. That's well, different. I, I will simply say that so far, I haven't seen someone stop AD. I've seen AD stop himself. So far, I have seen a Lakers team that has proven to be quite resilient considering all of the injuries it has gone through to its top players in particular, but also many contributing members of the supporting cast, and they still found a way to secure a seventh seed. And I saw a team yesterday that definitely did not look in sync. That is true. But still, at no point, did anyone that I was sitting around and I was sitting in the press area, so I was, you know, sandwiched by journalists, BT, Will Bond, but behind us were Laker fans. And they weren't bothered either. Even after we lost, they still didn't feel shook. They were still saying Lakers in five. <laughs> so I understand that, you know, that has been a very, very weird and awkward season. From the beginning to end, from it starting, you know, so soon after the championship was settled to the injuries, to, to, to the trades that started at the beginning of the season, James Harden, you know, Victor Oladipo. There's so many names that moved throughout the course of the season. We got Andre Drummond for nothing. Like a lot about this season has been unusual. But the one thing that feels to be in place as usual is the unshakable belief that Laker Nation has in this team. So the angst that you hear is insulated, isolated, in a silo about game one against the Phoenix Suns. I think most people expect AD to play better. Most people I've spoken to after the game expect the Lakers to win game two. And all they really needed to do was win one of these first two to have home court advantage again. And most people, just to piggyback that, also still think the Lakers win this series. Like, okay, all right, so they got one, and it's the first home game. And just by the way, on a, on a home thing, remember during the regular season we were talking about, well, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as they're in, they're in. It doesn't really matter. Once they're all healthy, it doesn't matter where they go. I will say, and LZ, you were there, so I'd like to hear what you think about this. I personally underestimated home court advantage because when we were talking about it, 
I didn't think there was going to be a home court advantage. But when I watched the NBA this past weekend, Madison Square Garden was going crazy. It looked like in Phoenix the place was going nuts. I mean, maybe there is going to be more home court advantage than we knew when we were talking about it didn't matter where they played. What do you think? Um, well, as I said you know, earlier, the presence of the Lakers fan base is always evident in Phoenix regardless. And obviously have not been in the postseason in a decade. That energy, for the most part, has just been supplanted by Laker fandom. For the most part. Lakers weren't always great during that decade either. But for the most part, this area is very supportive of our team anyway. And there was a definitive split over the course of yesterday's game where you would hear Suns and you would hear Lakers, where you would hear MVP, but you weren't sure if it was for LeBron or Devin Booker. So if there were to be a home court advantage for the Phoenix Suns, it won't be against the Lakers because of that dynamic. But because of the loosening of the restrictions uh, in Arizona in general, I feel as if regardless of who the Suns face, that building's going to be loud because it allows for people to be there. And these people have been waiting to be at these type of games for over a year. Let me throw something else at you guys. When we talk about the Lakers and you look at the rotation and you look at the box score and you look at who played and who played how much and who played well or didn't, what do you think? We've been talking about THT practically all season. We've oohed and odd over this kid and how he's matured over the course of the year. He played seven minutes. For me, when a guy like Kyle Kuzma is playing 19, but is not really, he not scoring, and I didn't think his defense was particularly very good as well. Um, and Alex Caruso, who I think a lot of us really love because he's just, you know, he's one of those guys who gives it everything he's got on every play, so it seems. But he played 24 minutes. Between Kuzma and Caruso, I would like to see THT get more than seven minutes. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, look, I, I think it's going to depend on on a given matchup. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I get why he doesn't play him a lot because, you know, he's still a baby at the end of the day. But he was and such he trusts- an important contributor during the regular season. I, look, and and this is what I'm t- – and when we talk about chemistry, I mean, THT was – like I said, he was a big contributor towards the last maybe 15, 20 games, even maybe more down the stretch. So now you've taken a guy who's been contributing and who's been, you know, good. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Who, 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 are you, who are you sitting for him? Well, I'm, I would sit Kuzma. I would take minutes from Kuzma. No, come on, man. That's crazy. Well, when, when Kuzma is playing 19 minutes and he's 0 for 2 from the field and his defense wasn't really all that good, I – I would I give THT a few more minutes. I take I take five from from Kuzma and give THT five and see what happens. Yeah, you guys I, think I, that's nuts? I I don't think that that's happening. Like I just think Frank. Look, coaches in in, in this sport, like any in any sport really, but in this particular sport, they're going to trust guys who are at least older, more experienced, seen more basketball. Taylor Horn Tucker, I, I think he's a magnificent young prospect. I think he's a he's a nice young player. But I, I think that at the end of the day, we've seen this coach not trust Montrezl Harrell, for God's sake, who's been in the league for, what, almost a decade? Um, you're going to tell me you're surprised that he's not trusting a kid in his second year? Um, no, I'm saying that 
THT was a big contributor down the stretch. And okay. when you think about chemistry and you're bringing LeBron back and you're bringing AD back and you're, and you're playing Drummond and, you know, Schroeder's back now. And um, KCP wasn't very good, was he? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm saying that when guys aren't, aren't playing particularly well, you've got a deep bench. I'll give you another example. Listen, I know AD was on the floor for a really long time in that game, 39 minutes, but you also know that Marcus Gasol didn't play. Well, I mean, at some point, just look down the bench and go, you know what, AD's not shooting the ball very well. Just let me get a few minutes. Just let's see if Gasol Rap. can give us anything. All right, we can tackle that on the other side. LZ, I'd love to get your thoughts because I know you've been a big THT supporter. Uh, plus, we've got big deal or no deal coming up on the other side. Stick around. We're back in three minutes here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Big deal, no deal. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal if you call the right attorney. Obviously, when you're injured in an accident, call my friends, Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's up, Greg? What do you got? All right, Sedano, do you remember the Charlie bit my finger viral video from... No, you don't remember that? No, I don't. Oh, do, do either of you remember that? Anybody on the show? It's so funny you're yes. saying this because I know Charlie. that the story is about this video becoming an NFT. Well, and I thought to myself, I don't even know what this thing is about the guy biting the other guy. I, I'm lost. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a really viral video. One of the first YouTube videos that came out was this little baby. And that Charlie bits. bit my finger. Yes, that. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if you don't I know. I may it. have seen it, but I, it wasn't that memorable. Uh, Okay. Well, it's leaving YouTube forever after it was sold as an NFT for $760,999. So it was a pretty big deal. So is this a big deal? I mean, you just just answered my own question. So on to the next Next, one. On to the next one. Oh, my God, Greg. Well, I mean. Nah, you know what? I mean. I'm afraid Not to ask this one. Did you guys uh, hopefully watch SNL? There's a Twitter speculation, Sedano. Oh, God, Greg, again? Did you mess up? Like, Oh, sorry. I got <laughs> well, there's Twitter speculation that Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon, Keenan Thompson, A.D. Bryant, and Pete Davidson could all leave SNL after a tearful goodbye on the season finale from this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. If this happens, is it a big deal or no deal? I mean, it's a big deal whenever you have a big turnover like that uh, for a cast like that. And those are by far the most popular people. Now, generally, they always, you know, find people to replace someone uh, or replace a particular group. Sometimes it takes longer than others for a cast to click. Uh, But I think overall, a big deal. But, you know, long story short, Lorne usually finds his way. So, Yeah, I'll jump in and say not a big deal. I will say this, Keenan Thompson, in my opinion, I'm a huge SNL fan. When I say huge, I didn't watch it this past Saturday night, so let me qualify that. But, I actually did, and I never watch it. Yeah, but, but historically, I go way, way, way back with SNL. Keenan Thompson is one of the best actors that SNL has ever had, and they've had a lot of great ones. But he's been there so long, he's been so incredibly versatile, the guy's great. If he leaves, it's not like the show won't survive because they've survived all these years, 46 years. But he's the guy. Now, I, I like some of the other characters you mentioned or some of the other actors, but Keenan Thompson, he's the guy. The show will go on, but 
you know, to replace players like that, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Um, I would say it's a big deal with potential to be a huge deal if they're all departing for reasons other than they want to pursue other things. In other words, if this is a coordinated statement that's being made by the team, or does it just happen that everyone's contract is expiring at the same time? Or does the leadership at SNL feels like it needs a complete flush and so everyone's just being, you know, kind of allowed to go and do other things because SNL leadership wants a brand new cast? Maybe. I will be, be curious as to what the rationale is because it is unusual to have everyone leave at the same time like that. Yeah, and I was just reading that the ratings are, are really, really low. Keenan Thompson, you guys realize this? 18 seasons on SNL. 18. That's crazy. I didn't it's even a, realize it was amazing. that long. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Che, who's the head writer right. and who sits on the news desk, he's been there seven years. He says he's likely to come back, but I do believe he's got a new show coming, I think, to HBO. Michael Che. Yeah. Well, Keenan Thompson has a show called Keenan that's on, it's, I've seen it on Hulu. AD Bryant has a show called Shrill that's on Hulu. So they're all kind of, and Kate McKinnon's in a bunch of movies. Hmm. Next. All right, LZ. Well, I guess we're kind of back to normal. The CDC last week put out an advisory for people to stop kissing chickens due to a spike in salmonella cases. Wait, what? (laughs) The CDC put out an advisory for people to stop kissing chickens due to a spike in salmonella cases. Oh, hell. Who's kissing chickens? (laughs) Is this a big deal or no deal? It's a huge deal. The CDC is always messing up. Here we got people, dumbass people, willing to just say, we'll check out for you. Don't worry about us. We'll take care of ourselves. And now the CDC is trying to save them. No, <laughs> let the dumb people take themselves out so we can get them out the way. <laughs> Who kisses chickens? Like, is this a big problem? Is this something that we don't know about? Kissing chickens. I mean, even if you live on a farm where there's lots and lots of chickens, even if you raise chickens, it's not like, oh, you know what? You're such a cute chicken. Come here. Give me a kiss. Come here, chicken. We got a chicken. Ain't nobody kissing that chicken. (laughs) (laughs) You have a chicken? Yeah, we do. I'm Mexican, bro. (laughs) I know, but you have one chicken. Yeah. And and the, is the chicken like a pet or is the chicken like an egg producing? You go out and get the eggs. I don't know. It's my mom's chicken and she won't get rid of it. I'm like, Ma, nobody needs that chicken. But she has it. <laughs> Does she kiss it? No. <laughs> no, no. I've it's never seen anyone question. kiss a chicken. Yeah. Well, and I've been around a lot of chickens in my day, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. Apparently, people are putting on like their profile pictures or just using it as social media things. It's uh, it's weird. Yeah, I repeat, I, 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 let them die. <laughs> Why are you saving them people? Yeah, those are the people who are not taking their grocery carts back in the little cart container thing. At the very least, that's the good lord. All right, what's next, Greg? All right, A-Rod is apparently ready to move on from the J-Lo breakup. Australian TV host Belinda Russell shared on her show that A-Rod slid in into her DMs to say, great feed, after she posted a video of herself dancing at the studio. Is this a big deal or no deal? And Cap, you can go. I'll say it's um, a big deal, and here's why. It seems weird to me how many celebrities... I think they think so much of themselves that it's like, ooh, you're hot. So now I'm going to, like you said, slide into the DM here, and you're going to know who I am, 
and I just want to meet you because I'm just looking at you on Instagram dancing. I just think that's weird. Doesn't mean that you don't like something or maybe leave a comment. I don't know. This 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 thing seems weird. I'm going big deal. Um, listen, man. He's playing the field. You know what I'm saying? And nowadays, that's how people hook up. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be real with it. So why would celebrities be any different? I just because I assume mm-hmm. they have their their choice, if you will. So, but she's also a celebrity. She happens to be a celebrity in Australia. He happened to come across her, and why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think – I think celebrities are still people like us. You know, like, they, they, you know, they see how everyone else acts. It, it, you know, granted, they are more private in some cases. But some not. people ain't like that. Yeah. So, no, no deal. Nelsie. Oh, I'm sorry. I was sliding to these celebrities' DM. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> What's next, Greg? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, LZ. Tiger Woods tweeted out a congratulations tweet to Phil Mickelson for winning the PGA Championship. So with their rivalry, is this a big deal or no deal? The, the rivalry was in quotes. It was in quotes. Once a rivalry, always say. a rivalry, right? No. 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 To maintain rivalry, you have to maintain the the reason why you were a rival and that was right, but they old dog you know what i'm saying like magic and isaiah aren't going to be rivals and no like, they're forever? not rivals anymore because they aren't competitors anymore to be rivals you got to be competitive against each other you got to be taking stuff from one another whether it's taking money championships girls something so yeah i don't think you know i i thought the rivalry was done for a while um and i'm glad to see that you know those two long-standing known names who have been so important to golf, the economy of golf, the popularity of golf, it's nice to see them have that exchange. So I, I think it's cool. I think it's properly rated. I think it's a good deal. That's a different game. I was going to say, I think it's all of it. It's take it and shake it. Hey, I think it's actually kind of a big deal that Tiger Woods sent out that congratulatory tweet because they were, in their younger years, considered to be rivals, even though it never really shaped up to see the two of them walking up the 18th fairway you know, at, at Augusta, Augusta you know, it just, right, it yeah. never really turned out to that. But I will say this, if you watch the Tiger Woods documentary from last year, um, there's no doubt that Tiger had the mental edge over Phil. Um, but now we get later into their careers. And I think the reason that it's a big deal that Tiger did tweet at Phil is because here's what I'm thinking. Tiger's thinking, look, I got hurt in this car accident really badly and nobody thinks I'm coming back from this. But you know what? I just saw Phil Mickelson win a major at nearly 51 years old. I'm inspired by that. I do want to get my body back together, and I would like to come back and play. So I kind of feel like Tiger sending out that tweet was a big deal. Okay. I do think it's uh, a big deal, too. I, I actually think it's cool that uh, – and I believe they were rivals, um, you know, and I think that once you're rival, always a rival. So. Well, you know, speaking mm-hmm. of rivals, think about this. Think about the people that have produced this Phil versus Tiger, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or other celebrities 
where they put them on TV, made-for-TV rivalry, I grant you, but the reason they do it is because they go, these are the two guys that are the biggest-name brands in the sport. They sell the, the quote-unquote rivalry sells, so let's, let's do it. Let's make money together. All right, what's next, Greg? All right, well, I'm out of stuff. Laura says she has one. I do have one. Okay, Sedano, so this will go for you first. A man in Florida used a cell phone jammer on his way to work every day because he didn't want the drivers around him to be distracted by their phones. He was fined $48,000 by the FCC when he was caught. Is this a big deal or no deal? Okay, he was doing what in the car? He was jamming the phones. So he had a oh. cell phone jammer. Huh. You get one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That is kind of strange, but um, I would say, I mean, look, I mean, first of all, $48,000 is not like small amount of money, right? So let's mm -hmm. start there. So it is a big deal just based on that alone. But, you know, look, I guess he was trying to do a public service. People are way are on their phones way too much in the car. Okay. And you need to stop, you know, like even here in LA, like I, I see, you know, when you're stuck in traffic, people on their phones all the time. And it's mm -hmm. crazy. Like I, Man, listen, you, you text me, I may glance down at it, but I ain't touching it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you, you gotta you can call me, but I ain't touching my phone to text or anything like that when I'm in the car. Like, I, I've back in the day, I've almost gotten into way too many accidents being an idiot, and I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I think this is kind of a big deal because I will say this first and foremost, as a cyclist, somebody who rides his bike on the road, um, I can appreciate this guy saying, hey, it's unsafe that all you people are out here texting. I'm going to jam up your phones. On the flip side, though, hey, bro, um, I don't think you should be doing that to everybody's phones. I mean, who the hell died and left you in charge? Oh, wait, but he's jamming the what? The emergency stuff, too, you said, Laura? Yeah, so the, the reason why he got fined is because he's not only jamming the cars around him, but if there's, like, emergency calls coming in, if, like, there's a cop or something around him, he's also jamming all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm, now, okay, that's a bit. That's also another reason for it being yeah. a big deal. I'm doubling uh, down. Big deal. LZ. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a deal. I don't know if it's a big deal. It's just it's just a deal. Because <laughs> okay. here, here's the thing: he thinks he's doing a public good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he has no control over whether it's the driver's phone or the passenger's phones that he's jamming. Like, he can't control that part of it. And what if it's actually the passenger's phone who's relying upon the phone to get messages or directions or something, and he's screwing with that service? Yeah. Right. The, like the GPS systems. Right. It and may not like just be a too. text message. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I, but at the same time, he wasn't arrested, and $48,000 is a fine, but it's not like one of those government fines that's debilitating necessarily because we've seen him do a lot more against regular people. So it's a deal. I don't know if it's a big deal. Okay. That is a big deal or no deal brought to you by our friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law. Call them at, if you're in an accident, obviously, or injured in an accident, call my friends Sam and Ash at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. All right. So coming up next, we are giving away two tickets to our private Lakers watch party with a pregame meet and greet. Now, two tickets, um, Greg, or two pairs of tickets? Two pairs of tickets. Okay. There we go. So call now at 877-710-ESPN for your chance to play a little Michael Thompson trivia to win. We have two pairs of tickets for our private Lakers watch party with a pregame meet and greet with Michael Thompson. The event takes place Thursday, May 27th, prior to Game 3. You'll enjoy, if you're a guest and you make it, uh, a meet and greet 
As I mentioned with Michael, complimentary food and specialty drinks, Lakers gift bag, and a chance to win autographed merchandise and more. So call right now at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And don't forget, COVID and safety protocols will be strictly enforced if you are at the event. All right, we're back in three and a half minutes. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So Don LZ and Cap here. We're going to give away a chance to go to the Lakers watch party and the meet and greet with Michael Thompson and all that stuff here in just a second. But real quick, we didn't really get into the Dodgers very much today other than that they they swept – What's that? <laughs> they won. They winning. They're right. Yeah. Um, they, they're right again. Now, Greg, are, are, are you feeling confident again? Or, you know, because you were a little distressed a while back? Well, well the, the person that was distressed <laughs> was the guy on the third name of this show. Kaplan was distressed about all of this. I mean, you weren't thrilled by what no, was going on. No, I mean, on. they lost 15 no. to 20. But we all said it's still May. They're going to be just fine. Actually, at one point, LZ in a break asked me, do you think they'll ever get below 500? And I said no, and they haven't. And now they're the, they have the second best record in all of baseball. Now, Greg was never panicking. Greg and I were we both were just like, it's May. It was Cap that was freaking out. True, true. Guilty as charged. I admit it. Uh, you got to give the Dodgers a ton of credit. Look, they went to San Francisco this past weekend Sweet. and swept through the Giants, who were in first place as of Friday. As of Monday, San Diego, who won nine straight games at home, they went into first place, followed by the Dodgers, and the Dodgers turned it all around by knocking San Francisco down to third. The Padres right now are down 5 nothing to Milwaukee. It's the bottom of the sixth. So the Dodgers <laughs> might find themselves by the end of the night only down half a game. And the best part for the Dodgers is their schedule because two in Houston, and then they've got four against San Francisco. So over the course of the next six games, a lot of stuff could happen. You know, a lot of movement could happen. And the most impressive part for the Dodgers is the fact that there are still injuries, major injuries in this team and they've gone on this kind of winning streak. But the so if you believe in run differential and most, you know, people that follow baseball believe that that is a pretty good measure of how good your team is and when you start ranking teams. The teams the two top run differentials are the Padres and Dodgers. Um so I, you know Greg, I I do know that you, you you know you didn't love the idea of them being quote unquote rivals this particular season. Um but it's going to come down to them too. Like that's this, the national league is going to be, be decided by them. Like no disrespect to anybody else. I know the Cardinals are okay, but I I don't look at them as any team to be afraid of. There's definitely not anyone in the East. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, 
I mean, I think the American League has a couple of strong teams, uh, whether it's the White Sox or the Astros or, you know, a couple of the teams in the East. But it's coming down to these two. Like, this is what you're going to get. Like, you're probably going to get an NLCS of those two teams. Yeah, I mean, you'd be naive to think that it, the way that these this team is playing the Padres, they're really, really good. They're great defensively. They're great offensively. Their pitching is really good. They have good, and they're and they're good in the bullpen as well. There's a lot going on with them that they're going to be there at the end of the year. They need to just prove it that they can get through to a certain point where the Dodgers have gone. To oh, the World sure. Series. So of that's course. that's that was the only reason that I was ever saying like, ah, oh, no, no, no. They're a very good team, and Look they at will you. be. That at the is end. the nicest thing you've ever said about them know, on the show. Well, they really are a good strange. team. Yeah. The Padres, Laura. Uh. <laughs> they are a good team, Laura. She said, uh. uh. Whatever. I mean, they are a good team. You feel LZ, the same way about team? the Padres as you do about the Clippers? Oh, no. The Clipper hate is way more real because okay, the Padres. I, I mean, the Padres are like, eh, eh. The Clippers, I just laugh. That's it. I thought Dave Roberts, and maybe I'm just reading into it a little bit, but this past weekend being up in San Francisco, Roberts was asked about, hey, this series, and they're in first place, and Dave was saying things, and I'm paraphrasing, like, hey, it's nice to play against the rival. And in my opinion, again, I could just be reading into this the way I want to read into it. To me, I'm hearing Dave say, yeah, the Giants, the Dodgers' rival, not the Padres, my former team, the team that didn't interview me for the manager's job. Um, Yeah, it's nice to be in a rivalry situation. I thought Dave was definitely taking some backhanded shots Oh, the yeah. Padres, no doubt. Who were, no doubt. You know, who've been on fire. All right. It, it's time to move on because we got to play this game because we only have a couple minutes left here. So uh, we have Michael Thompson trivia. So we have Mark and Chino first. Mark, how are you? Good. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm here. So, M- Mark, give me what Michael, one of Michael Thompson's nicknames as a player. You can name any one of them that was given to him. It's on his official. Sweet Bells. Sweet Bells is one. Congratulations. There you go. Put that man on hold. Look at that. That was good. I, Sweet see. Bells? What? what are the other nicknames? Bells and Sweet Bells. Those were the two nicknames mm. that are listed. You know, B- Basketball Reference does a great job of keeping everybody's nicknames straight. And it was Bells and Sweet Bells. He's right. Those were the two nicknames he had. I never um, knew. All right. So I thought that was going to be a tough one, to be honest with you. I was coming out of the gate hard, uh, but Mark and Chino was ready. Uh, Matt Placentia. Matt, how are you? Very good yourself? I'm good, buddy. Uh, All right, so Michael and Clay are the fourth father-son duo to have won an NBA championship as a player. Can you name any of the other three? One of the other three. Oh, this is good. Uh, Dale and Steph Curry? No, that is incorrect, but sorry, buddy. That was my first guess. Dale didn't do it. Yeah, Yeah. Daryl and Long Beach. Daryl, how are you? Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. Thank you for calling. Uh, all right, so Michael and Clay are the fourth father-son duo to win an NBA championship. Can you name one of the other three? The Berries. The Berries did. Rick and Brent nice. Barry. Congratulations. That's it, Greg. We're done? Yep, that's it. We Can got we it. the rest so of those? Mark and Chino and Daryl and Long Beach are the winners. So what, what are the, what's the rest of the father-son combos? Okay, I will tell you. It is the Gukas, uh, uh father and son, Matt and uh, right. Matt Jr., um, and then uh, Bill and Luke Walton. Oh did man, Matt that one should have been with easy. With the 76ers? Who did yes. he win with? Yeah, he was 76ers. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, So Matt Gukas Sr. Obvious. and Jr., yep. Uh, yeah. And then the Berries, the Thompsons, and the Waltons. Wow, that's. What about the Joneses? 
<laughs> you got to keep up with them, LZ. Yeah, you, you do have, have to. to keep up with them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't keep keep up with them as opposed to the Kardashians. <laughs> oh, it depends on you what you're into, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot tougher to keep up with the Kardashians, though. I feel like. Yeah, you can get them. You just can't hold them. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, do you want to play a little Michael Thompson trivia here with our, ourselves, real quick? I can. Yeah, let's some let's more let's stuff. face off. You give right, the Laura, put the let's music on. I'll, I'll, I'll let you four go at it right. real quick since I've go. got this stuff here. Give me the music back. All right. Um, who wants to go first? Well, ladies first. We'll just let Laura go first here. All right, go. Laura. Um, Michael has three sons. We know Clay is one. Uh-huh. Can you name one of the other two? Michael. Michael is correct. He does have another mm-hmm. another son named and Michael. Trace. I was going to use that as a question, but okay. Yeah, it is Trace. Well, I want a Dean. I want a Dean for saying Trace. He was a Dodger. <laughs> yeah, he was a Dodger. He was He's with the Cubs now, I think, actually. Yeah, he was. He was. Is he Dodger. with the big club? Big ball club? No, no, no. Yeah, I think he's in AAA in oh. Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, let That's me amazing, see. by the way, to have a son in the NBA and a son in Major League Baseball. Man, oh, man. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, all right. So let me see. Kaplan. Yes, sir. We'll go with you. Uh, can you name – we know he was drafted by the Blazers, and then he played for the Lakers. Can you name the third NBA team he played for? Oh, man. Gosh, I should know this because I knew it last week. Um, I'm going to say uh, Seattle. No, that's incorrect. Greg? I'm so disappointed I don't know this. Really? Oh, come on. You got this. Here, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. No, 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 because I got to Laura next. Oh, sorry. No. no. Uh, what did you say, Greg? I said Spurs. Oh, there Spurs you go. is it. Yeah. Spurs it is was Spurs. it. Nice. It is Spurs. Um, let me ding. see. There... You got your ding. ding. Yeah. yeah. Just to say. Uh, Laura, what number did Michael wear? Oh, come on now. <laughs> That's not happening. That's an easy one. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron. Hall. Oh, he's going to hear about this tomorrow. Okay. I know. I uh, know. Kaplan? 99. <laughs> no. Oh, get out of here. LZ? <laughs> you should have said nothing like me, bro. <laughs> LZ, what number did he wear? For which team? He wore oh, he yeah. wore the same number. Same number. Oh, well, then I guess it was 43 everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Plenty of times. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure if he had changed his number like yeah. in other places. Yeah, he had a brief stint as double zero with the Lakers when he first got there, but he was 43. Yeah, I was going to go double zero, but I chose 99. You would have been lucky to get it because he did play very briefly as double zero. I actually was going to say double zero, but I was like, that's No insane. way. I'm serious. I just did like this thing in the studio because I was like, She was Damn. dancing. It's yeah. great yeah. default. Yeah, it's a All great right, number let's to default do, to. Let's do one more. Double let's zero see. is awesome. It's so much better than just zero. Yeah. In fact, it's twice as good. I got to hate on Kyle Kuzma. Uh, what year was he <laughs> traded to the Lakers, LZ? Ooh, what year was he traded to the Lakers? I'm going to say... Ooh, 86? Nope. Kaplan? 82? Nope. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> it was 82. 82. Uh, Laura? I don't know. Was it 87? Take a guess. Yeah. What did Cap say, 82? All yeah. right. Uh, 80... I don't know. Just I'm say something. Pick one. Okay, 85. <laughs> no, Greg. I think 87. 87 is correct. Oh, Damn it. I was close. All right, that's our Michael Thompson trivia. LZ, great work as always. <laughs> you too, brother. Cap, you great work as always. <laughs> Much love, everybody. Greg and Laura, excellent job. Uh, we are back tomorrow at 355. See ya.